bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. Welcome along to another edition of Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, sponsored by our great friends at Betfred. Well, in the week that the Rugby Football League celebrates its birthday, it was founded this week way back in 1895. The hot news is that Christian Wolfe, the St Helens coach, is leaving the Super League champions at the end of this year. Well, that comes as no surprise to our listeners because Steve-O confirmed that news on our show about four or five weeks ago. So yet again, the boy is bang on the button. And on the field itself, well, it's just about settled. Only the question to be answered now is who is taking the sixth and final place in this year's playoffs? Will it be Leeds or Castleford? So let's get right down to business with Steve-O, who's waiting for us down under in Australia. And Steve-O, it's all over, bar the shouting. Uh, yes, uh, a vital game, isn't it, this weekend? Um... I was tipping Castleford to be maybe a dark horse um, many, many weeks ago, but they just seem to have fallen in, well, a very, very bad slump. I just could not believe how they got hammered over the weekend. No, it was a bad defeat for them. And, of course, it all now means that uh, Leeds play Castleford this week and the winners of that will take all. They will get into the playoffs. We'll talk about that match in a moment. But, um, look... Uh, St Helens League Leaders Shield winners despite defeat at home to Wakefield incredibly 18 points to 34 Wigan lost at Hulkingston Rovers equally incredibly 38-28 but both the top two fielded unrecognisable side which is their right we understand that they're right because they are in the playoffs and they're going to get home matches in the semi-finals but it devalues the competition a bit Steve-O doesn't it don't you think? Uh, yes and no You've got to look at the situation. They had to play so many, get the season finished before the World Cup got underway. Uh, so that puts a lot of pressure on the players, uh, the team, the coach. Uh, but as you say, uh, the spectators, they want to see the top side, not the reserve side. Uh, it is always a problem. And the problem is that, uh, look, Super League and the, the RFL... They've got to stop playing these games in such a short period of time. Uh, I've never been, shall we say, in favour of having to play two games in three days or or even... I mean, I remember years ago when Wigan, I think they played five games in 11 days. Uh, and you cannot put that pressure on, on the players. It's not fair to them. Because when you're, when you're under that sort of a pressure... Uh, you go into a game carrying minor injuries sometimes uh, and it gets worse when you're playing and 
they'll try to push you to where the, those two points that they want in the table are vital. We know that. And we know that players and coaches, they take risks. But it's not fair on the players. It isn't. You're absolutely right. And I think the Rugby League and the Super League have uh, recognised that because they have announced this week the scrapping again of the Easter double headers. It's gone down well with the Players' Union, of course. Not before time, because it, um, it, it, I think it was scrapped once before and then reintroduced this year along with this August Bank Holiday weekend double header we've just had to get the season done and dusted before the World Cup. But clubs decimated by injury and suspensions this year, they are being asked to play three games in nine days before the playoffs even start. The grand final standard might suffer. No wonder the coaches and everybody are aiming under strength sides. It had to come to an end, and by the sound of things, it looks like it has. Well, you just can't help that. It's a situation of we've got to get the, the season finished before the World Cup. That's important. Look, we had to cancel the World Cup last year. Uh, I'm glad that it's, it's going ahead because, to me, the game of rugby league needs international competition. We cannot just be left behind by other sports. And we are being left behind by the situation. You look at rugby union now, uh, at the top level, they play so many internationals throughout one 12-month year and we get a situation where some of the teams, they haven't played International Rugby League for two or three years. We really have got to get a, a, a grasp of what we need internationally. Because slowly but surely, we've been overtaken by other sports. And we can't afford to do that. We've got to keep with a high profile. And that's not easy. And you then would agree with the Super League and Rugby League dropping the Easter doubleheader programme and oh, anything my, else that follows? My my word. Look, I can remember the days, uh, and only just I can remember, when I was playing, and you used to play Christmas Day and Boxing Day. You used to play two games <laughs> within two days. And it, it used to crucify. It was just awful. You could play well on Christmas Day and then <laughs> do nothing and get beaten heavily on Boxing Day. And you can't put too much pressure on that. Look, it was part-time when I was playing. We all had a job. Now it's full-time. The pace of the game is a lot faster. The, shall we say, the impact when people are tackling is very, very stronger than what we did. All right, a lot of people will say, well, there was more more bash. Yes, there was. But the fitness levels of the modern-day rugby league player, Eddie, they are so fit, but there is a breaking point. And people having to play so many games in such a short period of time is wrong. But having said that, you think that's bad in regards to what Wigan and St. Helens have done. Penrith last week they tied up the minor premiership shield. They finished top of the pile. They face Queensland Cowboys this weekend, and out of the 17-man squad, their normal squad, they're resting 13. Now, I know it's okay to give these young juniors a chance, 
But I think that's a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? Well, they must have a decent squad below the first 17 to allow them uh, to do that. Uh, I don't think that there'll be anybody in Leeds or Castleford resting this week. They're facing their third game, as I say, in nine days. Three o'clock Saturday afternoon on Sky. Winner takes all. Uh, it looks like Leeds, doesn't it? Despite their defeat in Perpignan, they face a Castleford side who should have been desperate against Salford, but they were blown away at the jungle. They were beaten 50 points to 10. Salford are going crazy at the moment. They're winning everything. And I know that you're a massive fan of Yorkshire Rugby League, so these are probably your two favourite sides that are taking part in this winner-takes-all match this weekend. Who is going to win? Is it going to be Leeds or will Castleford get up for it, do you think? Well, you'd have to say that Leeds are the odds-on favourites. Um, uh, they've done well. They really have. I mean, uh, at one time, early in the season, it looked as though they were fighting for relegation. And uh, the new coach, Smith, has certainly done a good job. You've got to take your hat off to him. Uh, and the attitude. And talking of attitude, um, that was a little bit upsetting, wasn't it, when Leeds scored that late try against Huddersfield. Uh, a little of gamesmanship, I think they call it. Uh, I don't think that was right. And I'm not surprised that the Huddersfield coach was furious after the game. Yeah, what Steve was talking about here is last week's match between Leeds and Huddersfield. Uh, it was controversial. Uh, Richie Myler tackled by Chris Hill of Huddersfield four minutes from time. The Giants were just ahead at that stage. Myler then, well, I'm going to use the word con, Steve. We conned the officials as he, in effect, did a handstand into Chris Hill's body. His legs came straight up and it gave the impression of a, an illegal tackle by Chris Hill. So Hill was sin-binned. Leeds go up the other end in the very next minute or so. Blake Austin scores the winning try. Watson furious about the gamesmanship that is creeping into the game. And it has crept in this year, hasn't it? The biggest problem that we have is perhaps that some of the referees are maybe not as good as what we expect. Sometimes a referee will go upstairs to the screen to see if that was an illegal tackle. If they'd have done that, then perhaps it could have been a different result. I think the, but, I think he got a word in his ear, Steve, from the video referee, the match referee. I think he, he was well, told, this looks bad. Well, the thing is, did he go upstairs and say, well, let's have another look at it? But they didn't. And that's another thing that irritates me is stop getting into the ear of the referee. They've got a hard enough job as it is without someone watching the TV and saying, ooh, that looks bad to me. You can't have that. You can't have interference. You've got to... Look, sometimes a ref will go your way. Sometimes a ref will go against you. But... Over the years, I think we'll all have to agree that perhaps it levels itself out. You get a rubber to green one week and then you don't the following week. But you can't have so many people trying to referee the game. One man can do it. I mean, we know the touch judges help. We know the touch judges run on and say, well, I think it was a legal tackle or whatever, or when they get into a, a bit of a bust-up. We, we understand that. But that's trying to protect say, an all-out incident where they start strapping in, in lumps. 
Well, Ian well, Watson has said, as far as he is concerned, he believes that someone will be seriously injured one of these days because of the play acting that is now going on. And the man allegedly to blame will have to live that for the rest of his life. Steve-O, what's happened to this sport? It's always been filled with integrity, honesty, endeavour. John Wilkins said Myler's tactic that night was genius. And he was pilloried for saying that on social media. And so he should be. But maybe... Maybe you and I are a little bit too old, Eddie. Maybe the <laughs> maybe the game, uh, the young team, the, the these these young players and that go into broadcasting, uh, they've gone through a situation that that I never went through, and it's called full time occupation. So you've only got one stream of money coming through, and that's by playing the game of rugby league. They call it full time professionals. It's simple as that. And you don't want to lose money. You want to win all the time. Win all the time. Become successful, you get more money. We keep saying it time and time again. It's that the root of all evil and the root of all sport is money. Because you look at it, if you don't have a lot of money, then you don't have success. Well, for all of that, Huddersfield are in the playoffs for the first time in a little while. They look odds-on to finish third now. You know, they were really unlucky to lose the Challenge Cup final, weren't they? Uh, I wonder, I wonder, can Ian Watson get them to Old Trafford? Well, you know that incident in regards to that allowed Leeds to come back and beat them by four points, 18 points to 14. Uh, I can understand. Now, not only will the coach Watson be upset, I can assure you that the players would have the same situation and they'll say, this is our opportunity. He's turned out into a magnificent coach as Watson uh, and I, I, I'm sure that they will do well. But then you look back at the two favourites, St. Helens and Wigan, resting players, they know what it's all about. They know that the big games are coming through and you can't blame them for resting the players. So if it is to be a Saints-Wigan final, which we've been tipping, to be fair, since the very start of the season, if it is to be Saints-Wigan at Old Trafford on the September the 24th, it will be a classic because Friday's encounter certainly was. Saints under the cosh a bit because of injuries, probably why Christian Wolf is resting many of his players right now. And if you think about it, they only need to win two more games, both of them, Wigan and Saints, between now and the grand final, their home playoff semi-final, and then the grand final itself. And then someone will write in the history books. Saints will rewrite the history books, of course, because they'll have four wins in a row under their belt. But we're sticking with Wigan Saints for Old Trafford, are we? Oh, well, I'll put it this way. Uh, it's very rare I get money out of my wallet, as you well know, Eddie. <laughs> uh, but if I was a gambling man, um, I would have backed Wigan and Saints before the season started, uh, which you would have probably got enough sort of odds to ensure that it didn't matter what the result was at the grand final, because I'm sure that St. Helens and Wigan will be at the grand final. And yes, that will be an absolute classic. It will. Salford are playing very well, though, aren't they? They, they can cause a shock on the day so too Leeds if they happen to get there Huddersfield too as you rightly say Catalan shouldn't be taken lightly 
it's a fantastic end to the season, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, I, I thought it was great that uh, that Catalan came back to beat Leeds such convincingly, 32-18. They've had their problems with injuries, but all clubs have had that throughout the season. Uh, if there was one team that could just upset the apple cart, uh, it will be Catalans. That's interesting. Interesting you say that. They too will have a, a home tie in the in the semi-finals. Just going back to Wigan for a moment, um, Bevan French, is he going home back to the NRL? He's very coy every time he has asked this question. But do you think he's coming back to Australia after yet another fantastic season up here? Well, they're certainly interested. I mean, the way that he has developed uh, has been quite outstanding. He's, he's got good press down here in Australia, and rightly so. Uh, it certainly has done him a world of good coming to the, the UK. Um, it's built his confidence. He's a great player. And as you know, the Australians, they don't just look at in Australia they go to the South Sea Islanders. They go all over the world. They they want the they want the best, um, and the only way we can find that out is ask his manager, mm-hmm. who's looking after him. <laughs> well, that's true. But but uh, you know he keeps getting asked in his television interviews what's happening, where are you going to be next season, and he says, uh, you know, you will find out pretty soon. As did James Roby. He said you will find out pretty soon. And look, lo and behold, he's signed on for another year at St. Helens for 2023. He's going to go round again. Wigan will want Bevan French to stay, won't they? I'm sure they'll move heaven and earth to try and keep him. Uh, yes, but once again, the amount of money that they can earn in Australia these days, the top players, Eddie, are getting somewhere around about four and £500,000 a season. Now we can't no, match that. We no, can't match that no. in the UK. It's a it's a it's a simple simple question that answers itself, doesn't it? Exactly. I was going to say, well, if that's the case, if that sort of money is on on offer, I don't think there's uh, anything to decide. I think Bevan French will be will be back in the NRL pretty smartish if that's the sort of well, money we're but, talking but, about. Most of the top players down here, Eddie, they're on seven hundred and fifty. Uh, uh, sort of eight hundred thousand Australian dollars. Uh, that's four. That's you're looking at four hundred thousand pounds. And th- there's no club in the UK that can even get anywhere near that. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Look at the other end of the scale. It's now confirmed. Toulouse are gone again. Something we've been tipping since week one. And who will replace them? will be decided by the million pound game. Here's a suggestion from one of our regular listeners, Stevo, Alex Clare, who has been in touch with us to say this. The million pound game should be a straight fight between the top club in the championship and the bottom club in Super League. It would offer to the relegated side a lifeline and also to the championship club the opportunity to show that they could compete in the top division next year. His last word of his uh, message was discuss. So let's discuss this. Uh, not a bad idea. Bottom against top in the championship. And uh, again, winner takes all. Prove that you're good enough to come up. Eddie, we discussed this many, many years ago in regards to the fact uh, the same sort of principle that they play two games and whoever's got the, the highest points 
scored within those two games either gets promoted or stops from being relegated. It's been discussed before, but I'm glad that it's been brought up again. Because if you look through throughout all the years when we've had relegation and promotion, that the team that's promoted, they normally buy four or five players from the team that's relegated. So that really is not helping to go up to Super League because most of the players that are going relegated are being snapped up by the team that's been promoted. So there's no real progress there. I don't know how you stop it because a player wants to say, well, I don't want to play I don't want to play a lower grade. I don't want to play championship. And, and if they're offered by the team that's going and say, look, we'll give you a good contract, he'll take it. They won't, they won't knock it back. So you've got to be able to come to, to, to some arrangement like that. Now, in Australia, as you know, there's no relegation and there's no promotion. Uh, West Tigers are odds on to be wooden spoon down here. Uh, they play Canberra. Uh, they are fighting to get into the eighth spot, which is the last of the playoffs. Um, and Canberra just, well, they just put, put so many points on against Manly. Um, 48 points to six. I actually went down to the capital city to actually watch that game, Eddie. It's probably one of the worst, one of the worst Manly performances I think I've seen. They were woeful. Take nothing away from Canberra. They, they realised that they had a chance of finishing in that eighth spot. But I just can't see. I mean, the Raiders are 43 points difference um, over, uh, over over Brisbane and, and trying to get to the playoffs. And unlikely, I mean, West are odds on to get that wooden spoon. I just can't see West winning. Simple as that. If West do win, uh, then Brisbane have a chance. <laughs> Wow. So it's it's not just up in, in, in the UK that uh, the vital leads uh, Castleford game. This is a vital game too. It sounds it, yeah, it does. Um, if if Lee uh, get promotion, they will have gone up, down and up again within the space of two years. Toronto, of course, they went prior to that for different reasons because of the pandemic and because of the financial problems that they hit because of that. Uh, and this year we've seen Toulouse come up and they are going down as well. But if Lee gain promotion again, they have currently got 13 players, apparently, from overseas on their playing register. This is according to the head of rugby at the Centurions, Chris Chester, who was with Sky in the studio last week. Now, that's got to be whittled down for the Super League overseas quota rule, hasn't it? So there's a worry for next year already. Uh, yes, and as I say, uh, they will be desperate to ensure that they get at least decent players. It's a very, very tough road, as we know. Um, like we've suggested, a team that's going to be relegated should play both home and away, and they tally the points up, and the one that has most points uh, stays where they are. They stay in, in Super League. Something has got to be done because you can't just get a yo-yo effect. And if you go over the years, Eddie, I think I think there's only two clubs, maybe even three clubs, that have actually survived 
been promoted and then the following year they've been relegated. So if, if you want to make it a more open competition, then something has to be done. Would you go back to licensing, Steve-O? Because Catalan, of course, finished bottom of the pile a couple of years, didn't they, when they were finding their feet, when they got the three-year moratorium and they didn't have to go down and be relegated. And look what's happened to them now. They've won the Cup, they've been to a grand final, and they're in the running for another grand final in 2022. Do you think licensing should come back? Well, you've just already answered my question. And in regards to the fact that if you want to spread the game, I mean, there were comments about uh, one particular person from one particular club said that um, they're a pain in the backside. They, do, they shouldn't be in Super League. They should have their own French competition. Now, you know, that's going back to the dark ages. We've got to be a little bit more, <laughs> shall we say, uh, <laughs> more understanding in regards to spreading the game. We get criticised, don't we, so many times. Oh, that northern sport. It is a northern sport. We should be proud of it. But we shouldn't stop by spreading the game. But if we don't spread, I mean, if we look at the averages in regards to support, I think you probably find that uh, Catalan have had more spectators at home than any other club. I, I, that's off the top of my head. Yeah, Leeds and, was... Wigan, Leeds and Wigan aside, you're probably right. And 9,000, Stevo turned up in Toulouse the other week for the game against the Catalan Dragons. 9,000 for a team sitting at the bottom of the table. I know it was a local derby. I know it was unique, and it's not going to happen again for at least 12 months. But 9,000 for the bottom club in the Super League in Toulouse for the local derby against Catalan. Fantastic. Says... Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, of course it is. It, it says it all. And uh, look, McNamara made it quite clear when they when he was interviewed about it. You know, they, they pull your head out of the sand. Some of these people that are actually stating, you know, uh, Catalan and Toulouse do nothing to help our game. Well, those sort of people we should get rid of. But whoever's in charge, I'll tell you, he's probably got the the hardest job of any sport in the world. Well, the one thing we can say is that the RFL and the Super League are now operating under the one roof at the Manchester City Etihad yes. complex. They have moved in together. Um, they've abandoned the doubleheader at Easter already. Uh, IMG have got, I'm sure, um, a, a little bit like Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak, Steve. They've got, they've got all sorts of plans <laughs> waiting to be sprung upon us when this season is over. Let, let us just wait and see. Um, We've touched on a little bit of Aussie news. Uh, anything else you've got for us down there? Well, I mentioned the fact that Penrith are resting 13 of 17. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, Penrith have won the minor premiership. And they're not happy because their chief executive, Brian Fletcher, has called the amount of money that the NRL have given them for being top of the table. It's only 200000 Australian dollars. Now, the NRL, they posted a $43 million surplus for the last financial year. And Penrith are a little bit put out about it. Uh, Brian Fletcher calls it embarrassing. $43 million surplus 
and they're only giving them 200,000. So that's 100,000 pounds, Eddie. Yeah. They're in negotiation yet again to say that there should be more money. And I I think they should. They should get a a, a better percentage out out of the NRL getting 43 million surplus. What do they get for winning the grand final, though, Steve-O? Do they get a lot more money than that? I think it's uh, around about 700,000. Well, there you go. There's the incentive. Finish top of the table, you get the quote-unquote easier ride to the grand final, uh, and then you pick up the big bucks. I can see where they're coming from. I can see where they're well, coming I didn't, from. Well, they said it's embarrassing. And, and when you look at it, uh, I'm not too good at my maths, but when you when you put that percentage of 200,000 into 43 million. Yeah. Even I can even can I even I can work out the fact that uh, they should get a little bit more simple as that. And it's um and and of course everybody's under pressure now Eddie that the teams that have not made the playoffs. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos coach Kevin Walters um they got absolutely hammered by Parramatta 53-6. And not surprisingly, he gave his players the biggest spray that's ever been done by a coach. And guess what, Eddie? Some of the players are disappointed. (laughs) Some of the players are complaining and say, we didn't deserve that sort of comments from the coach. They said it was wrong for Kevin Walters to give us a spray after losing 53-6. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, well, on good news, Eddie. Good oh, go news. On. Go yeah, on. Good news is that uh, the book is down under for the World Cup. Have made Australia three to one on. Is that all? Oh, what a shock that is! <laughs> but per- perhaps the biggest shock is that New Zealand are, are next favourites at four to one, and England wow. are, are out to six to one. Are they? We're we're playing at home, six to one. I don't think that's a bad bet, is it? It's not so bad. It's not a bad bet at all, mind you. Listen, the Australian bookies have never had much faith in England as an international force or Great Britain. Remember, I mean, we when we were down there on tour, we used to get eggs thrown at us and all sorts of things. Well, I can remember before one at uh, at Lang Park, as it was called yeah. then. Yes, up in up in Brisbane, we we were introducing introducing the show, and um, bottles and cans of beer were thrown at us. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, that was it, at you. That wasn't yeah, me. That yeah. was just at you. Yeah, but it, it didn't surprise me, Eddie, that they were throwing things. But what did surprise me? Not many Aussies will throw a full can of full beer. Can. At you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, just just one last point on the the World Cup. James Graham. Uh, former Saint, of course, uh, international great. He has turned down a coaching role with England for the World Cup. Um, Andy Last, Paul Wellens and Paul Sculthorpe will all be assisting Sean Wayne. Uh, James says he's only been retired for a couple of years. Uh, he has special memories with some of the players that will be involved in the World Cup this year. And giving those, given those relationships, probably it's not the right time uh, to do the job that Sean Wayne wanted him to do it's a shame it's a shame it would have been nice to see James Graham back up here and uh, and being part of the England setup. maybe he will be in the future well I hope so but uh, also uh, James has uh, done himself a lot of favours in regards to that is often 
uh, a guest on Fox Sports, which covers the rugby league down here, down under. Um, and it is a very, very talented commentator. And I think that is is perhaps right that he doesn't want to be involved in something that perhaps is is not positive about it. I think the thing is, is that, uh, you know, joining an international team can sometimes take away your, shall we say, your interest. And he might get blamed if they get hammered. Maybe that's a smart move. Maybe he said, oh, I don't think England will do all that well. Maybe that's his underwriting thought. Maybe, maybe. but And if he's working on, on Fox Sports and he's got a... He's got a good reputation, I would assume, if Fox have got any of the World Cup down there, that um, he will be in the studio and hopefully banging the drum uh, for England and for Wales and for Scotland and for Ireland. Well, every game has been uh, televised down here, Andy. So that, get, that gives you some indication of that how serious they are. Though, remember, halfway through the season, I was complaining about the fact that uh, the media down here were doing nothing in regards to the World Cup. Uh, thankfully, uh, that's all going on a lot stronger now. Um, they're actually interviewing Mal Meninga, who's the Australian coach. And slowly but surely, you know what the media's like. They're sort of hinting, even though Australia, the bookies, have put them three to one on, favourites, is that the South Sea Islanders, Samoans, Tonga, Papua New Guinea... Um, they could create a big shock. They nearly did in the last World Cup, remember? I do. I do remember. Yeah, they're going to be strong. There, there is no doubt about that. The World Cup is all to come. Uh, that's it then for another week, though, Steve-O. In fact, because of uh, staff holidays here at the podcast, we won't be back uh, with our listeners until grand final week itself when we will be previewing the big night at Old Trafford. So once again, Steve-O, remind us of who you think will be there on September the 24th. I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Wigan Saints, don't you? I really do. I think it's yeah, Wigan Saints. No, I, won't, I won't change from that, Eddie. But uh, all the best. And by the way, it is a birthday of the wonderful game, the greatest game of all, rugby league. And before you mention it, Eddie... I did not play in that first series in 1895. I've got pictures. You were there. Bye. Thank you, Steve-O. Enjoy this Bye. weekend's big winner-takes-all clash at Leeds. And uh, we will see Steve-O again uh, the week of Old Trafford.